Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I am Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. You're catching me at a very good moment. I am in that sweet spot right after handing in a draft of a pilot to the studio, but before I've gotten any notes. You writers out there know that that is a magical time. But soon enough, the email will come from an assistant asking about scheduling a notes call, and I will start the useless exercise of trying to predict what the notes are going to be and having imaginary debates in my head over the imaginary notes. But for right now, things are just great. Uh, so is our pilot. Our pilot this, uh, this month is about a gay, half-black, half-white man-child who moves in with his white mother and her new white fiancé, on the condition that he becomes the nanny to the fiancé's children. It's written by Lucas Hazlitt, an actor from Wrecked, an American princess, whose Twitter handle is GayBlackJew, and co-written by Alex Hirschlag, a real comedy veteran from shows like Will and & Grace and Ellen and Andy Barker P.I., Modern Family, Mike & Molly, on and on and on. Uh, there are a lot of autobiographical elements from Lucas's life in this one. Uh, it was written for CBS, and somehow I'm not totally shocked that CBS didn't uh, pick this one up. But it is, it's just a lot of fun. And Lucas is great in the title role. The rest of our cast, uh, my friend, the wonderful Suzanne Cryer from Silicon Valley. Uh, we had the incredible Amy Hill from Magnum P.I. and Fifty First Dates. Rue Cassie from The Good Place. Uh, Giovanni from Between Two Ferns. Emma Shannon from Better Things, Jay Pichardo from NCIS Los Angeles, and Antonio Corbo from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And, of course, Lucas Hazlitt. Uh, hey, if you want to see these folks reading it and uh, you didn't join during Max Fun Drive, just become a Max Fun member. For as little as $5 a month, you'll get access to this video and all of our videos from all of our Zoom reads from the last uh, 40 years of COVID. Uh, all of our bonus content from past years, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. But now, enjoy Lenny by Lucas Hazlitt and Alex Hirschlag. Hello, I'm a stuffy dowager countess. Travis? I'm judging everybody's manners. Oh, no. Schmanners isn't judgy. It's about teaching you to be your best self and be a little more confident when you enter social situations that you don't understand, and maybe also teach you a little bit about history you didn't know or give you interesting things to talk about at parties. Yeah, like The Secret Life of Emily Post. Or like why wristwatches are the way that they are. We can talk about table manners from the Victorian era. Sure, or what it's like to attend a Regency Ball. Yeah. Uh, you can find all that and more if you listen to Schmanners on Maximum Fun or wherever your podcasts come from, I guess. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? I'm here with Lucas Hazlitt and Alex Hirschlag. Hello, guys. Hello. Can you just uh, tell us just a little bit? Um, let's start with you, Lucas. Just a little bit about this pilot um mm -hmm. it, it's a bit about you correct it's loosely based on on my life but the actual particulars of the script did not actually happen to me it's <laughs> it's as you know uh so the script is called lenny and it's the story of a biracial a gay black kid who moves in with his mom's new husband and their kids and it was um the idea came from the producer 
that um, we sold this with who saw me at the CBS Diversity Showcase and was like, this guy's really interesting. I'd love to do a project with him. And when I was telling him all the ideas that I thought would be fun to do, like I want to do something dealing with like a Willy Wonka character or a Kramer-esque character, he said, I would love to see you in a white family. And so I said, okay, let's run with that producer. And that's what we developed and that's what we pitched to CBS. And we got um, Alex to come on board to be the supervising writer. And he, he made this a whole hell of a lot more enjoyable experience than it would have been without him. <laughs> let's put it that way. Well, thank you, Lucas. You know, it was really fun to to uh, get to be a part of this because Lucas is uh, not to make him blush, but he's very talented and very charismatic. And uh, I don't he, blush at the truth. <laughs> just, so he's just, just the a, truth. Uh, and we, uh, you know, we had a lot of. Uh, it was both fun doing it and and work. You know, just the stress of turning it in and, and doing multiple drafts and trying to get it. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's that thing when you're running a pilot. Uh, first, you love it, then you hate it. Everything's terrible, and then when you get a note, it's like, but wait, that's perfect. I why why do I need to change this or change that? But um, you know, we we did incorporate within that um, the the conceit we're doing the, the sort of Willy Wonka um, sort of magical elements of uh, not magical, but sort of like uh, heightened elements of. Uh, of the Lenny character, of Lucas's character, and also just the Kramer-esque that he is the uh, the center of it, but also kind of like this crazy character trying to. Uh, it, it in some sense it's almost the opposite of you have the uh, one crazy, you know, you have the crazy characters, and then you have the one solid character in the middle that keeps them all uh, in line. But this one, I think, we have the crazy character in the middle and. And then we have everybody else sort of sort of around them. And so it's, it was fun. And it's, you know, reading it made me a little bit sad of like saying like, oh, we could have, here are things we could have explored. Or, oh, we could have like, uh, uh, you know, written the mom part a little bit better. Or we could have done this. Or, or there's some joke here that, you know, when you're doing the pilot of something works at a table read and you say, and you discover, oh, that's that character. And then you sort of write towards, towards that. So it, it made me wish we had the chance to, to go deeper with this, but I'm, I'm so happy to be doing this. And we also, this is five years old. Yes. We, 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 uh, so there's references in this that I was like, oh, geez. Oh, just like to technology that five <laughs> years ago was salient. And now it's like, that is dated. So <laughs> keep that in mind when reading this. We're not hacks who thought that it would be cool to bring up, like, like you know. Look, you could yeah. have written it a year ago and there'd be things that and that's were also true. Uh, well, you're about to hear what works at a t in this at a table read in a few moments. So let's uh, let's get into it. We're gonna, you know, Lucas will be reading the lead character here. Uh, let's get into it. This is Lenny, the pilot, written by Lucas Zachary Hazlitt and Alex Hirschlag. It's the cold open. We fade in. We're in a therapist's office. Elizabeth Harris and Al Clark. She's easygoing. He's not sit together in front of Dr. Sato, a kindly therapist. You should know I don't wanna be here. I don't have much free time, so spending the little I do on therapy makes me. <laughs> He's here because I asked and because I promised we'd go out for ice cream afterwards. She's joking, but I do like ice cream. Dr. Sato goes, hmm, as she writes in her notebook. You're writing down, I like ice cream? Don't freak out, honey. 
I don't think I'm freaking out. Do you think I'm freaking out? Hmm. Um, tell me about why you're here. Didn't really answer my question, but okay. After my first wife died, I never expected to find love again, but then I met Elizabeth. On paper, we shouldn't work. One reason being he's the sort of guy who says on paper. I'm a nonconformist, a free spirit, and he, Al is not. Nope. Al is the kind of guy who, when he's feeling lost in the world, he consults a GPS. I consult my tarot cards. Yep. But he is the kindest, most loving person I've ever met. The challenge now is dealing with my son, Lemmy. We need to synergize, fit him into our new life. We hear slow clapping and reveal Lenny, a dramatic man-child. He rises and speaks as if delivering a closing argument. Allow me, if you will, to paint a very different picture. <clears throat> My mother and I had been part of a very typical, at least for Berkeley, two-person, multiracial, living together, but each doing our own thing, family my entire life. No father in the picture, just a series of men who came and went. How many men? He's exaggerating, kind of. Everything was perfect because I knew that no matter how bad things got, my mother would always be there for me. Uh, and you don't think that anymore? Well, you'll need some more backstory to understand. Uh, my ex, Sebastian, and I met years ago when we were grad students at UC Berkeley, go Bears, but we only became official after we graduated. We moved in together and I was sure we were gonna get married. I mean, I even found a lesbian rabbi to perform the ceremony. But then out of nowhere, Sebastian dumped me. He said we weren't compatible, that I was too arrogant. Yeah, well, I say he wasn't compatible enough to be with a Renaissance man like me. Uh-huh. And this relates to your mother because? Because I came home seeking comfort and she wasn't available. Why? She had eloped. As evidence, I present this text message. Al and I just got married. Smiley face, heart, heart hot dog, which I still hope was a typo, mom. Then, I hope you're as happy as I am. Al and I were in Vegas. It blew my mind when he asked me. She makes me want to be more spontaneous, though I have to admit I didn't plan it. So instead of being there in my time of need, she moved to his spacious home all the way in Walnut Creek. So you're hurt your mother found someone while when you lost so you're hurt when your mother found someone when you lost someone. Well, they're obviously wrong for each other. For one thing, he's white. I'm white. Exactly. And my dad was black. Once you go black, you don't go back. You went back. Lenny, I love Al. Well, the man you love has made it clear he doesn't want me to move into his house. One can only guess why. You don't have to guess why. It's because you're a grown man. I have two young children. I think it'd be difficult to integrate Lenny into that situation. Uh, let the record reflect that Al said integrate. I did not mean any racial connotation by that. Let the record reflect he outright said racial. Lenny, this isn't a courtroom. Then why do I feel like I'm on trial? Why do I feel like I'm being abandoned? Elizabeth moved, comforts Lenny, and then turns to Al. Babe, you've spent your life motivating people and giving them guidance. She then turns to Lenny. Babe, you are in dire need of motivation and guidance. What are you getting at? Please let Lenny move in with us. He'll drive himself crazy alone in that apartment. He needs your help. 
Okay. He can move in on two conditions. He gets a job and pays some sort of rent and we don't have to go to therapy anymore. Well, I don't think that's a good idea because I'm seeing quite a bit of codependency. Okay. Yeah, honey, we're done here. Deal. I guess he deserves a chance. I mean, in many ways we did blindside him with our marriage. Uh, let the record reflect. He said blindside. <laughs> and that's the end of the cold open. We're in act one, scene a in the Clark home. Elizabeth and Al set the dinner table. Madeline, age nine, serious, and Tristan, age 13, trying hard, do their homework. There's a doorbell. Just a warning. Lenny likes to make an entrance. Elizabeth gets the door. Lenny enters dramatically with a few pieces of luggage. Hello, hola, bonjour, ciao, konnichiwa, and ni hao. Sorry I'm late, but a song came to me and I had to pull over and record. Lenny takes out his phone hear? and plays a jazzy recording of him scat singing that goes on for a bit. How long is this, honey? Uh, only about half an hour. Okay, Lenny yeah, maybe puts down we should his hear the rest later. Around. He's impressed by the opulent surroundings, particularly... Ooh, is that a baby grand? It is. Al crosses over. Madeline and Tristan follow. Hello, Lenny. You remember Madeline and Tristan? Of course. Oh, I finally get to meet you on your home turf. You've been invited here many times. Yes, well, you know suburbia gives me hives. But I took a Benadryl, so I should be fine. Hello, Madeline. Tristan. I don't know if your father told you, but I'm giving him a trial period to see if my living here works out. Madeline studies Lenny for a beat. You're strange. You don't know the half of it. I think you're kidding. That's the other half of it. Okay, then everyone to the table. Thank God I'm starving. Lenny takes a seat and immediately digs into his food and checks his phone. He looks up. Everyone is staring at him. Yes? It took me a while to get used to it, too. But we wait until everyone's seated here. And no phones at the table. I hope that's not a problem. No, no, of course not. I can certainly go a meal without checking my phone. He puts his phone down on the table, then waits a beat before pretending to be an addict going through withdrawal. Yeah, man, it's just, come on, baby. Let me look at my phone, man. I'll make it quick. Let me just send one tweet. Tristan starts <laughs> laughing, then Elizabeth and Al. Madeline does not laugh. She stares at Lenny as if he's from another planet. Lenny stares back as if she's from another planet. Hmm, tough audience. Madeline's not much of a laugher. Or he's not as funny as he thinks he is. Wow. Anyway, any other rules you got around here? No phones, check. No TV, I suppose, is next. That's right. While at the table, no TV, no books, and no playing with our food. So what are we supposed to do? We eat, of course. And if we have to say something, we talk. Okay, can we talk about why we can't have phones at the table? Lenny, play nice. Okay, mother. So, Dad, is Lenny going to be moving into Leah's room? Ooh, who's Leah? An older sibling who didn't play by your father's draconian rules and got kicked out? She was our nanny. She quit to be a contestant on Survivor. She's kind of evil, so she should do well. She stole our Halloween candy. Yeah, some of that might have been me. Kidding. Elizabeth is trying to get me to joke more. Swing and a miss. Do we even need a nanny? I'm going to be 14 in 11 months. But unable to drive for two years in 11 months. 
Kids, I know you're not thrilled about this, but I promise you'll have a say on who the new nanny is. Good. I think it should be a hot guy. By kids, he meant Tristan and Madeline. You know, the kids who actually need a nanny. And we cut to scene B. We're in Tristan's room. Tristan excitedly leads Lenny in. This is my room, and I don't care what my dad thinks. I'm super psyched that you're living here. Thank you. Lenny puts out his hand, and Tristan does an elaborate handshake around it. Lenny slowly retracts his hand. Okay. So, Tristan, what are you into? Oh, boy. The room is decorated with posters of rappers and basketball players. Yeah, all this stuff really speaks to me. Does it now? In a language you understand? And we cut to scene C. Madeline's room. Madeline is reading at her desk. Lenny knocks and enters. What are we reading? A little Beverly Cleary, perhaps? I'm teaching myself Chinese because it's an essential diplomatic language for the century. You must be a blast at parties. Madeline looks up from the book. Lenny does a rapid fire of funny faces. She laughs at none of them. Wow. Those were some of my funniest faces. And yet not one laugh. Look, I don't have time for parties and laughing and playing. Then what do you do with your friends? I don't have time for friends either. No friends? Friends would only get in the way. I have too much to do. Madeline points to the wall behind Lenny. He turns around and sees the wall is covered with notes and pictures, something you'd see on a tack board in an episode of CSI. What exactly are you doing? Looking for the Zodiac Killer? The wall has all the steps I need to accomplish in order to get from where I am today to the presidency of the United States. Has anyone else in the family seen this wall? Madeline stares at Lenny, trying to figure him out. Lenny inches out of the room. All right, well, I'm going to let Al show me to my room. If you hear laughter coming from there, don't be confused. It's just a human being having fun. And we cut to scene D. We're in the basement of Lenny. It's Lenny's room. Lenny and Al head down the stairs. The basement? What kind of monster makes someone sleep in the... Lenny stops. He sees the basement is a beautifully appointed room with a private entrance and a kitchenette. The best room in the house. I love this. Ooh, I can't wait to bring in all of my toys. Yeah. So, Lenny, how's the job search going? Question. Why do I have to get a job and pay rent and the other kids don't? Because you're an adult. Look, Lenny, I know all about the jobs you've had that never lasted long. Barista, research assistant, dance instructor, museum docent, etc. What I'm trying to do is motivate you so that your list gets a little longer, but not a lot longer. Hey, don't put this all on me. I'd still have all those jobs if they didn't fire me. I'm doing this because I believe in you. I recognize potential and you have potential in spades. Ah, let the record show you just said spades. Oh, come on, Lenny. And we cut to scene E. We're at Kesey's bar and we're tight on Lenny complaining. He talks to me like I'm a child. We reveal Lenny playing Connect Four with his best friend, Jason, while his other friend, Crystal, works behind the bar. Jason is playful and ditzy, and Crystal is loving but means business. The bar is one of those hipster places with games, musical instruments, and a performing space. When I am an adult who just happens to want to live with his mom and not have a conventional job. What's wrong with a conventional job? I have a job. I work here, where you drink for free. 
and I make a ton of money acting commercials and I'm living like a king. Well, a king with three roommates. Look, guys, if I get some, no offense, crummy job, I won't have time to achieve my dream of being famous and recognized for my greatness. You know, I love you, Lenny, but you have delusions of grandeur. Well, I say that having delusions of grandeur is the first step to actually having grandeur. Ooh, I'm going to tweet that. I want to take your side on this, but maybe all this Al guy wants is for you to take advantage of your education. I hate to sound like your ex here, but then don't. Maybe you should just pick one of your skills and make that your job. I can't just pick one. I love all my skills. They're my babies. I do like the idea of proving Sebastian wrong, though. That's not what I said. Oh, maybe we can bring back our college improv group. We should do okay with when we did kid parties. Well, I did love performing. But wait, we didn't do okay. We never made any money. But we got a lot of cake. Cake's okay. Ugh, this is hopeless. How's a biracial gay man supposed to change the world and make a buck in this town? <sighs> Lenny, God help me, but I believe in you. For all your craziness, you have a magical quality. Just tap into that magic. You'll figure it out. Yeah. You're like Willy Wonka or Mary Poppins. You're Willy Poppins. I am Willy Poppins. And Willy Poppins' magic works best on kids. And Willy Poppins... Stop saying Willy Poppins. There's no such person and you're weirding out my regulars. Okay. But Mary Wonka knows what to do. She's going to change the world two people at a time. Jason, pay my bill. And leave Crystal one hell of a tip. He exits and we cut to the Clark home. Lenny joins the family who have just sat down to dinner. How's the search for the nanny going? Because I found the perfect person. He's smart, funny. And remember how we all wanted a hot guy? Well, he's that too. Ta-da! The person I'm talking about is me. Al laughs until he notices Lenny is not smiling. I'm sorry, I thought you were joking. Look. At all the majors I've, look at all the majors I've had at school. Look at all the jobs I've had. They all can be applied to taking care of kids. Theater, psychology, sociology, music. And I've got this whole Willie Poppins thing going on too. Without knowing it, I've been amassing the tools to be the perfect nanny. Interesting. I know that interesting. It means you think the idea is completely insane. It's what you said when I saged the house before I moved in. But what if the universe has brought us all together to make this happen? Al, I think you should listen to your wife and the universe. There's a lot of responsibilities to being a nanny. You'd have to make breakfast and school lunches for the kids, drive them to and from school and to all their after-school activities, make sure they do their homework and enforce all the internet and TV rules. Are you prepared to do all that? Yeah, yes. <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm prepared to do that and more. I really want this job. What do you think, kids? Oh, man, that would be awesome. No surprise, Madeline. I must admit, I'm curious to see how this plays out. So yes. Big surprise. I can't believe I'm saying this, but okay, Lenny, you've got the job. Oh, I knew when I did my morning tarot and pulled the death card, it meant good things would happen. Al and Lenny share a look. It's their first connection. Death card. Awesome. <laughs> All right, I'm going to update my status that I got a job and 
I'll do it after dinner and not at the table. Do you understand, children? No phones at the table. He puts away his phone, and that's the end of Act One. I'm so excited that I get to talk about our sponsor, Trade Coffee, again. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that I have been using and loving. I've gotten a couple more bags of beans since the last episode, and they've just all been incredible. When you sign up for Trade, they give you a quiz about what you like in a coffee. And look, you don't have to be some coffee nerd to take this quiz. Like, it's pretty simple stuff. I don't think I had really ever thought in that much. Thought in? I'd ever thought that much about what I like uh, in, in a coffee, but it was very easy for me to take this quiz. And it obviously works because they then send you a bag of beans from a roaster that their human-powered algorithm thinks you'll like. These are independent roasters from big cities, small towns. My last bag was from Congregation Roasters in New Orleans. So delicious. Just got a new bag from Cuvée in Austin, Texas. I'm excited to try it because every coffee I've gotten from Trade Coffee has been fantastic. Trade's coffee team actually taste tests thousands of coffees and they keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. And look, you can feel good because trade customers are having a real impact for these independent roasters, often being the largest source of new growth for them. Trade guarantees you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. I am telling you, if you're a coffee drinker, you have to try this service because right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash pilots. That is more than 40 cups of coffee for free. So get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash pilots and let Trade find you a coffee that you will love. That's drinktrade.com slash pilots for $30 off. What are you waiting for? A man was walking along a beach which represented his life. At his feet were two sets of footprints, his and God's. But looking back down the beach, the man could see that in the hardest parts of his life, there was only one set of footprints. So the man said to God, Why is there only one set of footprints when times were hard? Where were you? And God replied, My precious child, I was in my car, listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Act 2, Scene J. Lenny is preparing lunches for Madeline and Tristan who are eating breakfast. Madeline has her face buried in a book. I did some research last night. Well, I called a nutritionist who used to be my boyfriend. And this quinoa salad with spirulina will give you energy to zoom you through the afternoon. Ugh, no wonder we broke up. I better toss a couple extra granola bars in there. He tosses a few bars into the lunch bags. Elizabeth enters and takes out her phone, holding it as a camera. Look at my little boy working so hard. Mother, I'm not a little boy. I'm a grown man doing his job. Ooh, I didn't know you were documenting this. Get my good side. You have only good sides. You've learned well, mother. You two have kind of a weird relationship. And hopefully you and I will, too. So what'd you make for lunch? Quinoa spirulina salads for energy. Derek, the nutritionist? Mm, I'd throw some granola bars in. Already have. You know, I think taking care of kids might be my calling. I'm not kidding. I really feel I can make a difference in these kids' lives. 
I am smiling because you're sounding like Al. Well, there's no need to be cruel. I take it back. You've learned nothing. Okay, goofball. I need to open the flower shop. Al wanted me to remind you to stop by his office at school after you drop off the kids. Good. I can't wait to tell him all of my ideas. Do you think it's too soon to ask for a raise? Lenny, maybe just focus on getting through day one. Good advice. I'll wait till tomorrow. Checks his reflection in a wall mirror. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Madeline has looked up from her book. You look at yourself a lot. Well, if you were as pretty as me, you would too. And we cut to scene K in Lenny's van. He's driving the kids to school. Madeline's in the back studying. Tristan up front calls out of the open window. Hey, what's up? How you doing? What are you doing? Showing people that I'm with the black guy. Why? Because it makes me seem cool, right? Yo, look at me! Please, please, please stop. Tr Tristan, buddy, uh, being around black people doesn't make you cool. Yeah, even being black doesn't make you cool. Being exactly who you are, that's what makes you cool. Well, what if who I am is someone who wants to hang out with black people? And that's cool. Uh, will you two shut up? I have a spelling test today I'm freaking out about, and I'm way behind where I want to be at math lab. Math lab? Math lab! It's where I go after school. To do math? Well, I guess that makes you a math head. <laughs> Nothing? Uh, not a fan of wordplay? Look, it's going to be okay, Madeline. Just take a deep breath and try to relax. I don't have time to relax! Lenny looks concerned, and we cut to scene L. We're at Ridgepoint Academy in Al's office. On the door is stenciled, head of school. Al is writing a schedule on a whiteboard as Lenny knocks and enters. Hi, Al. Uh, before we get to what a great job I'm doing, we need to have a man-to-nanny talk. Or a man-to-manny talk. Like I said, your mom is encouraging me to be more humorous. Yeah, strike two. Lenny sits at a chair and puts his feet up on the desk. I'm concerned about Madeline. Um, that's my seat. Lenny gets up immediately. Sorry. So, what are your concerns? Do you believe the children are our future? Well, I believe the children are our present. We spend so much time concerned about who they're going to be, we lose track of who they are right now. That's page one of an article I'm writing for HuffPost. And what does this have to do with Madeline? Oh, she's nuts. And it's because she's overextending herself thinking about 30 years from now instead of now. She needs to cut back on some of her activities and just be a kid. I'm not forcing Madeline to do any of this. I know she is different than most kids, but she has her own plan that she's following. I think maybe you could actually learn something from her. Straight free, you're out. That wasn't a joke. Oh, well, you could have fooled me. Zal shows Lenny out the door. Lenny, let's make sure we find a time to talk about this further. But until then, please just do what I tell you. Al shuts the door on Lenny. Lenny does not like doors shut on him. And we smash cut to the basement. Lenny's room is now arranged to his liking. There's a computer set up with dual screens. On them are Crystal and Jason, with whom Lenny is FaceTiming as he paces the room. Instead of recognizing the superiority of my ideas, he bosses me around as if... He was your boss? He is your boss. You know, Mussolini was somebody's boss, too. Lenny Leonard Len. Remember why you took this job? To change the world and live with your mom. Not to mention, this is the Lenniest thing ever. You convinced your stepdad to pay you to be a big brother. You're right. 
I'll play the dutiful servant who shuffles his feet and follows rules and doesn't complain. I'll be Morgan Freeman, driving Little Miss Daisy and Little White Jay-Z. And we cut to Lenny's van. He's driving the kids after school. Oh, there's the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, that doesn't work for me either. So we're going to Madeline's math lab, and then after that, your piano lesson. Then you both have your karate and homework, dinner, and sleep. What fun. Madeline screams. <laughs> Lenny almost loses control of the car. Uh, don't, don't, don't do that! I just saw I got a word wrong on my spelling test. What kind of idiot can't spell insouciant? I N S U S. Oh, no, no, it's I-N-S-O-U-U-S. <laughs> My life is ruined. Oh, your life isn't ruined unless you scream again and we crash. You do know dead people can't spell anything. Proud of his joke, he checks himself out in the rearview mirror. He sees Madeline is near tears. Lenny pulls the car over and talks to himself as he debates his options. Ah, oh, little girl, you're suffering. I need to do something. But Al told me to follow the rules. I'll ask for permission. He'd never give it. If I want to prove I'm a great nanny, I need to break the rules. He'd fire me. Not if he sees the results. What are you doing? I'm having an adult conversation. But since there are no other adults in the car, I'm having it with myself. Madeline, you need a break. So I'm taking you someplace fun. The park with the black guy soup? Not quite. And we cut to Kesey's bar. Lenny and the kids are in the bar. Tristan is thrilled. Wow, this is the first time I've ever been to a black bar. Or any bar, really. Tristan, there are three and a half black people here. That doesn't make this a black bar. Now go over to the piano and tinker around. I can't believe I'm going to play piano in a black bar. I want to leave. No, you need to learn to chill. In all of your plans, you've made no time for playing or parties or friends. And that's why you're sad. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I do. Because when I was your age, I'd get sad too. I mean, there's a lot I love about how crazy my upbringing was, but it was also just me and my mom in a series of crummy apartments. So I'd fantasize about a normal life with a mom and dad and sisters and brothers in a normal house. Kind of what you have now, right? Hey, look, you can psychoanalyze me later, okay? We're doing you. So where was I? Sad, living in crummy apartments. Right. Whenever my mother would see me sad, she'd get her crazy friends to put on a show just for me. And guess what? I've got crazy friends too. Lenny snaps his fingers and waves Crystal and Jason over. I texted Crystal and Jason when I pulled the car over. We used to be in an improv group together called Your Story because, you know, we tell your story. Get it? I always hated that name. Tristan, play along. What do I play? I only know one song. Then play that. Tristan starts playing Dixie. Lenny reacts, but proceeds. He sits Madeline down in a chair, then joins Jason and Crystal on a raised stage area. He props his phone on the piano. It wouldn't be an official show if I didn't record it. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, gather for a tale about young Madeline Clark, the sad genius. We see quick pops of the show Lenny and his friends put on for Madeline. Begin montage. Lenny, playing Madeline, pretends to have his hand on a Bible that Jason holds. Before you're sworn in as president, there's one thing you need to do. Spell the word insouciant. What? Oh, you've got to be shitting me. Tristan plays Dixie on the piano. Lenny's phone buzzes and reads Al Clark. 
Lenny pretends to be a doctor talking to Crystal. Well, I've looked at your x-rays, and the reason you can't laugh, Madeline, is you don't have a funny bone. Dixie plays again. Madeline in the audience can't help but smile a bit. Lenny's phone buzzes. It reads, Mother. Lenny finishes the show with a song. And that's how Lenny saved the girl who loved math. He takes a bow. Ooh, that's not what you're like at all. Really? Then come up here and show us the truth. Madeline gets up on stage and starts being Lenny. Oh, look at me. Look at me. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Lenny playfully grumbles. Okay, if that's how you want to play it. I can't look or listen to you. I'm too busy learning Chinese so I cannot have fun with a billion people. Madeline can't help but laugh and her laugh is infectious. Lenny starts laughing too. You're crazy, Madeline. No, you're crazy. Wait, are you being you or are you me? I don't know, but you're crazy. Al and Elizabeth enter. Al is not pleased. There you are. Al, mother, I'm glad you're here. Look what I did. Look what I did. I know what you did. I got a call from the math lab and that Madeline never showed up. And when I couldn't reach you, I was worried sick. Luckily, I thought to check your Facebook feed. Did you click like? Look, Al, I see you're angry, but I have a perfectly good explanation for this. I don't want to hear it, Lenny. Kids, get in the car. I'll speak with you back at the house. Al exits with the kids, and off of Lenny's look, we cut to the Clark home living room. Al lays into Lenny. Elizabeth stands nearby. You totally disobeyed what I told you to do. You just did what you wanted to do. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was doing what I thought was best for Madeline. That's not up to you to decide. I was just trying to help. And as their nanny, I should have some leeway if I see a problem. No, you shouldn't. You've known them for less than a week. Mom, pull the tarot card. Show him I'm right. Lenny, there is not a card in the deck that's going to get you out of this one. I know you meant well, but you really messed up. It's plain that this nanny experiment isn't working out. Lenny is stung. He has no words. Tristan and Madeline, both dressed for bed, come downstairs to say goodnight. I know you're angry, Dad, but I had a great time tonight. I almost picked up a black girl. No, that did not happen. I also had a good time. She even made this strange noise. It took me a while before I realized that's how Madeline laughs. Madeline laughs. Al (laughs) hears this and is taken aback. Anyway, goodnight. Can't wait to see what we're doing tomorrow. Hey, Lenny, I just realized something. You're kind of my brother. Yes, I am. Good night, brother. Lenny reacts as Tristan (laughs) runs off upstairs. Madeline starts to follow, then crosses back to Lenny and leans into him sideways, her version of a hug. Lenny, moved, hugs her back. Good night, Lenny. She runs upstairs. Al takes this all in. I haven't heard her laugh in a long time. Since, well, my mom. Al, emotional, can't finish the sentence. Elizabeth comforts him. There's a beat and then... Look, Al, I I made a mistake. It was wrong of me to disobey you. But I promise, if you give me another chance... Okay, who am I kidding? I'm going to continue making mistakes. A lot of them, all over the place. And I'm I'm never really ever going to fit in here. I mean, this place is so normal that it's weird. 
Lenny, you may want to start getting to whatever point you're trying to make. Thank you, mother. But I also promise that Tristan and Madeline will be safe, happy, and have fun. Because I won't just be their nanny. Tristan's right. I'm their brother. And I'm starting to realize as much as I want to change the whole world, I want to be a part of this family. All right, you can stay. I, I want you to stay. Oh, God, the universe has done it again. You guys look like you want a hug. Lenny and Al regard each other for a beat and then quickly turn away from each other. Nah, 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 I'm good. I'm good on that one. You ain't, you gotta, you ain't got the wrong motherfucker on that. <laughs> and that's the end of act two. We're in the tag in the car. Lenny's driving Madeline to school. Oh, after school, we're going to pick up Marbella and take her back to the house. And who is this mysterious Marbella? A girl from my math lab. She was worried I was gone and she called me. Well, so you have a friend. You're welcome. What are you two crazy kids going to do? I don't know. I thought we'd go up to my room and do some algebra problems. I'd be careful. Algebra's a gateway math to the harder stuff. You know, trigonometry, geometry. Next thing you know, you're in the basement of some university math department itching to do some calculus. <laughs> I'll take that chance. <sighs> Look at me. <laughs> Already improving lives. At this rate, the whole world will know pure joy, all thanks to me. Not that there's a competition yet, but maybe I can become the world's greatest nanny. You do realize you left Tristan back at the house. What? You knew this the whole time? Madeline laughs as Lenny makes a sharp U-turn and heads back home, cursing under his breath the whole way home. And we fade out, end of show. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. You got to come back next week to hear a really fun interview uh, I did with Lucas and Alex. Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and my co-producer Ben Blacker and our associate producer Noah Finling, and it is edited by Jordan Katz. Hey, if you like this show, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps. Think about who you know who might enjoy this show, too, and tell them about it. Uh, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilots Society. Until next time, I am Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.